What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. Me, because we are talking a serious face subject. We are talking about debt, but we're not going to be scared of it. And we're going to talk about how to get rid of it because I have one of my favorite guests back and one of your favorite guests too. I have Connie Vanderzanen. She is a cash flow and business mentor using her financial know-how crafted from a career in the accounting field that spans over 35 years and her very own real life business growth journey since 2001. Connie is on a mission to help entrepreneurs live the lifestyles they desire by learning the simple steps, structure, and discipline to create and save money. She believes success isn't measured by your top line revenue. It's measured by how money supports your lifestyle and your business. Connie, I missed you. I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> I'm so happy to be back, Megan. When, the, when I heard you were going to talk about this, I'm like, oh, this is my subject. <laughs> I have so shit. Yes. I so much work around my own debt that I can now talk about it. <laughs> I That's impressive. And I think debt gets to be a really scary subject in terms of just like shame and the balance of what's good debt versus bad debt and things like that. And um, Connie and I were talking before and we're going to skip the emotional part just because I know that can be a quagmire for a lot of people and I am not a therapist. I would be a shitty person to get advice from. So I don't want anybody to feel like they have to follow my emotional advice. So we're going to talk about this from a strategy perspective. Connie, help me. Where do you want to start? We can, can we talk about your background again, just to give a recap for people who hadn't heard the last episode? Yeah, sure. So I have uh, 35 years in the accounting industry. I've um, been owned my own business since 2001. And when I went to grow the business, I turned off my accounting knowledge and my money habits kicked in and I totally ignored my numbers until I needed cash to come in. And so after six years, I didn't pay myself. I created 50,000 in debt in the business and things just had to be different. And so I've done a lot of growing. I've done um, every topic I'm gonna talk about around debt, I've tried. <laughs> There's only one I haven't done but I've done them all. And I think debt is really about our own growth. Mm. <laughs> as, we, as we go through this and we pay debt off, we do unfortunately have to look at some of the things that stick us. 
um, so that we can not repeat it later. Because that was my big thing is I would get debt paid off and then it would come back within three to six months. So um, there is quite a bit of personal growth that will happen when you go through the debt restructure. But yeah, so now I, I work with clients strictly on this matter is like how, how to heal their relationship with money. And a lot of the businesses I work with have debt. So how can they pay themselves, pay down the debt, that guilt and that shame, and heal it, heal it enough so that they have a sustainable, profitable business to move forward? I think that's one beautiful thing to help people with, because just even from your own experience, but also so necessary. So, you know, myself included, debt becomes a slippery slope of shiny objects, especially when they, you can add that veil of like, oh, well, it's a business expense. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I've done many of those, many, <laughs> many of those things. And, and a lot of the times we're not implementing them or, mm -hmm. you know, again, that emotional connection. I think when I was going through my growth phase and those, all those shiny baubles, was I wanted that instant fix. I knew something was broken, but I didn't have the energy or the strategy to implement what I was buying. I wanted by osmosis to learn and have something change in my business. And of course that didn't happen. And that just added more and more guilt around because these things weren't working. Uh, and so a lot of this is creating more of a pause with how you're going to use money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that part of the debt process is that we're going to have to relook at it, but there's a lot of forgiving ourselves because when we created this debt, we didn't know any better. Right. We, we just used it. And so first of all, forgive your younger self for not knowing anything different. Oh, it's our culture. It's how we were raised. Um, and so debt is that easy connection. I mean, I think, um, I don't know about you. When was the last time you paid for cash for something? Oh, especially during COVID we're not doing cash as much years years yeah. and i mine my um excuse i guess is like oh well i use credit card points for travel and so i want to get as many points as possible but yeah i i can't tell you the last time i used cash well i guess in like the public market where you know it's the farmer's market but other than that everything goes on the card yeah 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 and it, in society today we are programmed to do more plastic it's just the way our society runs now. And so we're disconnected from how we spend. Mm. And so that's what we're set up. There was an uh, article from Barbara Hewson. Oh, no, Karen McCall with Financial Recovery Institute. You know, the average American, so this is not business debt, but the average American has 38000 in debt, not counting their home mortgage. And we think about it as uh, having that cash on hand, but it's it's something about there's that disconnect with the spending. Yeah. And so debt is debt is an issue. We our culture says, you know, you have to buy these things, you have to like invest in your business, you have to do this. And so what would life be like if we didn't have debt? We there would be no flower fields because we would all be skipping through them so much and just crushing <laughs> all the flowers. I think I envision that. That is the debt-free world. We're just all holding hands and you know, <laughs> a coke and destroying all the flower fields. Yeah, and I, I think my version of this is is different. I think debt can be used uh, with intention. You know, that you follow the Dave Ramsey or something where debt is bad and you want to eliminate it completely and you're going to an entirely cash society. And that works for some people. The all or nothing kind of people. Yeah, that all or nothing kind of people. And 
for me though, I had a codependency with debt. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm still recovering from that, but I can use it intentionally now. So if I want to make an investment for my business, I have a card with a, a, sm a smaller dollar limit, not 30 or 40,000, but it has $5,000. So I can make these smaller investments if I need to with a plan of how to pay it off. And so I, I think it can be used intentionally and especially for growth, it may need to be used that way. So, but it's like going in with your eyes open, not five, six years later, looking back going, how did I get here? <laughs> oh shit, yeah. <laughs> but so you have debt, you have debt right now. So the first thing though, is we gotta take an inventory of it. So this is like, even when I'm talking with budgets with businesses, we gotta know your numbers. And so grab your credit card statements, <laughs> make a list. What's the balance owed? When is the monthly bill due? What's the interest rates on them? We got to know where you're starting. And I would pull out all your debt that you have. I mean, your mortgage, if you have a mortgage, it's going to, it's probably not the first debt you're going to pay off. If you have a student loan there, that might not be the first one, depending on what the balances are. Maybe we're tackling credit card debt or auto loans or, you know, loans that came out because of uh, COVID or a health fine scare or something. Mm -hmm. So we got to start there. And that's, I think that's the first part that a lot of people don't want to look at, you know, if you've been ignoring it for a while, that's where we start. Um, and then my suggestion is, if you can set your cards up, this is a tip, set your cards up for auto minimum pay. Mm -hmm. um, because there is nothing worse if, if you have the finances to do it, just set up the minimum payment to have happened because there's nothing worse than adding the additional fee for the NSF or late payment or any of those things. But can you can you do the minimum? And if you can, try to make that the, the best thing you do. And then the other strategies we'll talk about, well, you'll that'll be an additional payment. So a lot of people want to wait until they have enough money to pay it all off or they're saving to, to do these big giant payments. That will come later. But first, let's just get the minimum payments going. And it's not ideal to just pay minimum forever. Right, right. But so that's where the strategy comes into play. So let's talk, so let's about, talk strategy. about strategy. Sure. Yeah, so strategy. So there's, there's really three options. One is called the snowball method, which is you're going to pay off the smallest balance first. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is often referred to as a debt avalanche which you means you're going to tackle the highest interest card first. And then the third one is like that clean slate and it's usually bankruptcy or mm -hmm. debt consolidation loan. We're not going to talk about the third one today because there's, there's a lot more going on with that and not everyone can do that option, but sometimes a clean slate is exactly what helps is like, if you can't see your way out of it all, yeah. maybe that clean slate is the best option. Um, but if you do that clean slate, remember, if you don't look at your spending habits, you're going to regain that right away. So that uh, you, you, you have to look at all the things that are a part of it. So the snowball method or the debt avalanche. So what it means is that after you've looked at your budget, your cash flow, can you identify any extra money that you have? And for me, my strategy around this is that from every deposit, 
I put one to 3% of every deposit away into a savings account. Now this is part of the profit first method. Um, it's a, it's my version of it because <laughs> profit first on the book, the book by Mike McCallow, it's profit first doesn't take into account that you might have a lot of debt or a strategy on it on a regular basis. Cause if you have debt and one of your goals is to get it paid down, you want to put it as one of your intentions and you're constantly looking at it and working towards it and it's top of mind. And so for me, I have a savings account that's specifically for my debt. And you can start anywhere like the, you know, it could be half a percent, maybe up mm -hmm. to 3%, maybe 5% or more. But I'm um, usually if you're going up above 5%, it's a spending issue, not a debt issue, you know, like cash flow is too tight. So mm -hmm. we're just building some space in there. So you're going to put everything into a savings account and then we're going to choose one of these methods. Now the snowball method, I like um, some, uh, Justin Pritchard, um, he's a financial advisor, founder of Approach Financial, said it this way uh, that I really liked. He's a big fan of the debt avalanche method because you minimize your lifetime interest costs, which is true. Mm -hmm. Usually our highest interest card, though, might have the biggest balance. He said the debt snowball is a great for building momentum and it feels good. So use that if you're lacking motivation. So that's the one that I normally start with clients going forward because the debt is so heavy that they need an instant win. Yeah. Uh, but I also like to throw a little wrench into this. I would say too, if you have a card or a debt that has a lot of emotional drag to it, for some reason you used it to buy something and there's a lot of resentment or a lot of guilt behind it, consider you paying that card off first because mm -hmm. we want that emotional win we want, or, or we want that snowball win of, you paid a card off, you can celebrate it and move forward. Whichever way, we got to pick one method. You're either going to hit, hit the highest interest rate, you're going to hit go for the snowball, you're going to hit the lowest card and get that quick win, or pick the card or debt that has the most emotional toll. Most of my clients like the emotional toll one, but which one of the one, Megan, seemed like the best strategy? For me, for me. Oh, let me. Oh, let me. Um, um, I think I, I think was more kind of in the middle with that. And the, the thing that I was thinking when you were talking about emotion is um, the debt that you don't remember. Like you don't remember why. What what did I spend this on? What is this cost? I don't even remember why I got into debt this much. To me, those are usually the ones that I like to tackle first because. In my head, they have a lot of shame of just like, I spent this and I can't even remember what I spent it on. So those are usually the ones when I'm working with debt that I really want to tackle. I really want to just get that um, that emotion gone of like, I'm ashamed of it or I can't believe I did that or just gone. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I want to get that done. So that's usually the approach that I take. So I'm hearing that the avalanche method kind of with your hybrid of the emotional that rings really true to me. And that's something that I probably would lean towards, but yeah. do you find that um, it's easier or do you think that it actually is more difficult to handle the emotional ones first? Cause that's, in my head, that feels like that's a, going to be a lot of um, a lot of therapy or a lot of, <laughs> you know, self-worth work that yeah. maybe some people aren't ready for, or, I mean, 
that's a lot to throw on your shoulders too. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's the the fourth after we look at our budget, the the next step really is making that emotional connection. And so, because you're going to set your goal, like if you want, not everyone can do a smart goal where it's um, uh, specific, measurable, attainable. I'm not a big smart goal fan myself. It's has always been a struggle for me. So I have to make that emotional tie. I have to have a, an emotional why stronger to pay this debt off than it is to be easier to be on the couch and just <laughs> having life done to me. Mm-hmm. So what's that emotional tie? So if your emotional tie is to this card to just let it go and be done with it, because every time you look at the statement, you just dread it. And so normally it maybe your payment is late because you're trying to ignore it and push it off. If you can get that out of the way, that's your emotional totally. You just want to let that go, let whatever that is, then that will be more long-term support for you rather than just sitting on the couch waiting for the debt to magically go away, mm-hmm. which is not. <laughs> not totally. <laughs> So yeah, so we're going to make some type of emotional control uh, attachment to it anyway. And so if that's why that's why I suggest people choose that card first, mm-hmm. um, just because they're already putting some emotional attachment to this this process. Um, the next the next thing though is to look at your at your budget, looking at your cash flow. What can you do? So I, I suggested one to three percent of every deposit coming in, but this is also where you start looking at expenses. Is there anything that you're willing to be without, I didn't say sacrifice, be without <laughs> for the short term to reach this goal? Or is there anything that you can say no to? Because definitely what you're going to do through this process is say no to any new debt. So we're going to be looking at your, your budget to find those little holes. And then so any of those little holes that's the extra money that you're going to put towards your debt. So now you're finding that that cash, that little extra bit of money. And I will say, you know, when I first started to doing this, my extra money was only maybe an extra hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't they aren't these big, ginormous amounts. Um, and sure, I could save them up for a quarter. The Profit First System says to save them up for a quarter and then make that payment there is a little bit of emotional excitement to do a bigger payment, but uh, it just depends on your goal. I think too, it's like, I needed emotional, I needed to change my mindset around how I was spending and using money. So I needed to do more consistent payments. I needed to do a monthly payment towards it rather than a quarterly payment. Now I do a combination of both, but I needed to start getting an idea that yes, I can make I can pay down this debt. I can gradually make pay payments down so that it was easier to um, to hold, to control. So depends on your personality and how what your goal is. So then the next one is what, what is that goal? Do you want to pay it off within so many days, so many years? Um, again, what are you willing to go without for the short term to make that goal? So how, many, how long? And then you can just go get to work. Mm-hmm. And that's about prioritizing how money is spent. You might want to create a savings account, put the money in there so you can make a payment. Here's my one tip for you, which I didn't know before I started this, is don't just throw money at it every week. Because when I was in debt and I would travel, 
that's when all my cards would max out. So then I didn't have, <laughs> and I wouldn't have, excuse me, any space on my cards to do anything wherever I was at. And so I was making weekly payments at a time just to have enough space in it so that I could spend again. It was, it was a crazy cycle. But if you're saving up money to make a, a, this one lump sum payment, make the payment one to two days after the cycle resets. You will actually, that payment will make a bigger impact on your balance and affect have you do less interest rates. So that's my big tip is like, so you make your minimum payment, let that go through and then take your savings accounts that you've been saving and make your monthly payment. Or if you, if you really want to make that big lump sum payment, like the snowball method is really known for, then each quarter make that bigger lump sum payment, but do it one to two days after the cycle resets. My members library is my collection of workbooks, guides, checklists, tons of resources for entrepreneurs like you. And it's totally free. If you want head to meganbrame.com slash join the library, and you can sign up and get instant access. I promise you, you're going to find something valuable in there. That's going to make your business get to the next level. So head to meganbrame.com slash join the library. You can sign up for instant access. That is such an interesting little fun fact. I had, um, the, it makes sense too. And when you're saying that, I was thinking, how do I usually handle this? And I'm kind of like you where I love, I do weekly payments or I'll do whenever I have a deposit come in that I know I need to go pay bills. I'll go pay it because in my head, I just want it. I want it gone. And I want like, I want that paid. If it's sitting in my bank account and it's already like earmarked for paying my credit card or something, then I just want to go pay my credit card. And so you'll see like my statement is like, you know, $35, $100, $300 and within like the span of just a couple of days. I get really crazy about it. Yeah. But when we make those payments during the period, so like some people also save up and do a pay, a, a larger payment on the due date. Mm. Most of all, of that's going to go towards the interest that was earned for that month. It's not going to go to the balance. Mm. And when you make little payments during the month, it's just going against the balance, the new balance. It's not going towards the old balance. And so, yes, we're, we are making room and we're doing these payments. And again, it's whatever you personally need to do to, to attack your debt or to uh, reduce your debt, I think is a better, a better word to use rather than attack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, you know, work with that and then build, build on that. Um, it's kind of like when I talk to people about paying themselves first, well, I had to do weekly payments to myself of small amounts until I built up a muscle to pay myself on a regular basis. And so it's the same thing with debt. Can, if you can do weekly amounts or for every debt, do that and then build on that. And so you do can you go back and across because you were saying um, you teach people to go without temporarily for something on the flip side of that. Do you ever have people that say, um, I don't want to, so I'm going to add like, so I am going to, get on Upwork and start getting gigs or Fiverr or something like that. Like, do you ever hand, do you see people doing that too? Or is it a better lesson to 
not restrict, but change your habits so that there's less going out. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So a lot of the times I will go and somebody, a business owner has already cut all the extra expenses. There's mm -hmm. nothing else to cut. They have, they have their rent and their team and their basic expenses. There's nothing else to cut. And that's, which is great about entrepreneurs is that, yeah, just go create it, find another revenue stream or a part-time job. Sometimes our business is still in growth mode and it's still trying to, you know, take firm footing on what it's going to create. Sometimes we do need a job to help with this. And so, yes, that's one of the strategies. How can you, how can you add new income to it? New revenue streams? Can you get a side job? Can you um, sell things? A lot of people will sell things in their house and look around what you have. Like I have a, a jar full of change there. That's money that could go towards debt. Um, and so there are other revenue streams like that to, to take it up a notch when you're ready to do that. So side gig, um, renting out your house. I've had people do that. Um, so especially now, um, yeah. and then any extra money that comes in like a stimulus check or a refund or something, you know, that was unexpected, put that towards the debt. Now I will make one suggestion. And this is part of the emotional side of it is while we're putting all this money to pay down debt, reduce debt, reduce debt, of course, that's where our brain is going. We may see unexpected expenses start to kick up too, mm -hmm. because we're so concerned about paying the debt down that life is going to throw some, some wrenches at us to distract us. And so sometimes what I like to encourage people to do is perhaps that stimulus check comes in or that tax refund comes in would you be willing to put 50% of that into savings or maybe 40% into savings, pay 30% of it towards debt reduction, and then 30% to yourself? Because we want to also celebrate ourselves, especially if we're spenders. If we go cold turkey, this, this system's only going to work for a few months before our internal spender goes crazy and all that debt comes back. Mm -hmm. So we still need to create some, some type of fund. And as you're growing your savings, usually I go 50, 50 for me right now, 50% stays in saving 50% towards debt. That way, eventually I'm going to grow my savings. I won't have to ever worry about debt. Can I qualify for a card? Can I do anything? Cause I'm going to already be my own bank. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a while and everybody's bank number is different. Um, Dave Ramsey systems talks about getting the thousand dollars into savings first before you tackle debt. Um, so that's kind of the same thing. Can you create a, enough in your savings account to cover any emergencies that might come up that life throws at you? The car decides to break down, the water heater blows up, something like that, because that will immediately get you off the track of debt repayment. So can you create a little cash cushion in there for those things? How do you usually coach people who get frustrated in how long it's taking? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's frustrating. And uh, we didn't, sometimes we didn't get into debt overnight. Sometimes these things, I mean, there are occasional things that happen that do create a debt immediately, but a lot of the time it was over time. It like creeped up. And so it's not going to go away overnight. I mean, you could, you could, uh, I had a client who had a tax debt 
and she just couldn't handle having the tax debts. She sold her car, paid the debt off. So if you're willing to make something like that happen, there are those options. Again, we go back to the option number three, which was a uh, clean slate. That's when a debt consolidation loan might kick in. If you are just having problems following the plan and taking action, and it feels like forever, because a lot of people have student debt, it feels like forever before they're gonna be able to pay this off. What other things can you do around that? And part of that again also is being kind to yourself, forgiving yourself, and doing some internal work around it is that it's really just another payment. It's a it's something that's gonna be around for a while, but can you look at it in a different way? It allowed you to do something. It allowed you to have some type of experience. So could you find some gratitude in that so that you could have a different relationship with it? That's beautiful. I love that. But it's part of that healing part again. Mm -hmm. Paying our debt off is a personal growth <laughs> journey. <laughs> but yeah, it's so are you willing to do some work? If you're having a, a lot of problems staying with it, you can cut more costs, go without, um, or find other revenue streams to cut in. So some people will like streamline their business down and maybe take a job that that gives more money that can go straight to it, or you know kick this up or you know figure figure something out. It's it just depends on an individual. I can't give one exact answer for everybody. So let's talk about what happens once we hit that. Once we are debt free, debt -free. how do we celebrate? Yeah, how do we celebrate that without getting back to where we started? Uh, yes. And so you are now debt free. Hopefully you also created a little cash cushion and you've got all these un credit cards or access to debt. What would you like to do with that? Some people have parties where they cut up their cards. It's very freeing. <laughs> and then also cancel the debt. It just depends on what you want to do, but I would I would definitely include some type of celebration throughout this. That's maybe not monetary. Maybe you can have friends over for a potluck or you know, celebrate those small wins because they're also going to create this little thing inside you that says, Yes, I can do this. I am intentionally using my money and I can change my habit and relationship with money as I move forward. And so what kind of little celebrations? And so I think if we go back to the step where we're making the plan, start thinking about how would you like to celebrate with that? Because if you are able to put money in your savings account as you're paying down debt, maybe there's a savings in there to go on a vacation. Mm. You know, and that's also your emotional ties that every dollar that comes in, 50 cents goes to this reward that I'm going to get. And 50 cents is going to stay here. Or, or something like that. It's everyone is has a different reward trigger for them, but definitely do more celebrating around it. But yes, yeah, so now we have it. So what are you going to do with that that debt? Is um, make sure you don't have those cards laying around. Cancel them. Cut them up. If you are really looking at wanting to buy a house or something in the future and really concerned about your credit, um, there is a suggestion about not canceling all your cards at once because mm -hmm. that'll have a dramatic effect on your credit report. Um, but over time, you don't want them just sitting around because if you haven't looked at your spending habits, that's where debt comes back. So hopefully as you've grown through this process, you've looked at how you use money, how you may be triggered by wanting to buy or spend and maybe uh, 
looked at changing that habit, changing that relationship. But I didn't the first two times I did this. The first two times I had some money come in, paid the debt off, and the debt was back in six months. Because I didn't take the time to learn what my habits were and why. Because I was so excited afterwards. We celebrated with spending. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, once debt is paid off, there's such a big release. Mm-hmm. And you're so relieved to do something more that it's so much easier to just put it all on credit. Because that's an endorphin, too, of like you get to go celebrate. So what can you do to celebrate that's not maybe monetary? <laughs> Something, something you had, you had something, something you had, you had said, um, kind of stuck out to me was the thought of having just like little like parties and just having yeah. people come over and potlucks and things presuming that you know, it's not covid yeah which led me to start thinking about um how open you should be not how open you should be but the willingness to be open with your spouse, your friends, your things like that. Um, how do you recommend people handle something like that? Yeah, well, I was, I kept a lot of my guilt and shame in the closet. I didn't share that with anybody. It was, it was, and it's heavy when it's just you um, in the closet doing that. It's really heavy. And so you can get a debt counselor that's, you know, there's um, National Federation of Credit Counseling. There is um, Debtors Anonymous as well. Sometimes maybe it's not somebody with your friends or family that you need to share with first um, so that you can build that muscle. But more than likely, everyone in your circle is having some type of debt issue. Uh, Just know that not everyone in your circle is willing to be debt free they may find a lot of benefit from being in debt. Um, And that's sad to say, but you know, it helps keep them safe. They grew up with that. And so they may not be willing to release that all the time. But if it's something that you've done yourself and you're feeling really successful about it, share it, find friends that are having the same issue. You can create a little accountability group. Um, One of the things I like to do was color in, map your Tap your progress. I'll have to get the link to Megan. She'll share it in the show notes. But it's just coloring in where you've made progress. Like you could have this so many circles or or things represent your debt. And you can color in one for every $5,000 or $1,000 that you make towards your debt. And you can hang that up and be very subtle about it. And don't, don't share it with anybody. But it's for you to visually see your actions and your Um, how far you've come. You need to have that reminder to keep going forward. So you might be surprised that your friends have a similar story and they'd like to work on it as well. And if you have friends that don't want to talk about it or or are really dismissive, then you'll know they probably aren't going to share your big wins in your life that you may need to find other friends to share that with. That's very true. And uh, but I guess I want to point out for, and I don't even know why I'm saying this because though we all know this, but you know, there are friends that have strengths and friends that have weaknesses and some people will be your debt friends and some people will be the people you don't talk about with debt. So yeah. that's just how it goes. Oh yeah. No, I had um, one of my friends was great when I was going through infertility because we never talked about it. And that's what I needed at the time. 
and know that the the we grow through phases and sometimes our friends are or what we talk about with family will change over time and you may be going through a phase where you're going to grow and now you're going to be debt free and you may need to encircle your the crowd that is around you that is also debt free that's also very um intentionally using their money to do something and because otherwise you're going to easily fall into old habits that you were raised with or that you got from your family or that the culture has really identified for us and so sometimes we just need to find a new relationship with money and with uh, the people that we spend time with that's smart and i like that it's sort of just pivoting your lens more than um i don't know writing people off or something yeah yeah so connie yeah i want to start handling my debt i think i want to start handling my debt maybe i want to handle my debt i don't know but you're making a lot of sense what should i do to work with you and what kind of work do you want people to do ahead of time yeah, well, I, as an educator, I definitely, if this triggered any questions or concerns, that's why I have moneyactiontips.com. There's a link to schedule 30 minute free consultation, no selling. I just want to make sure you have your next steps forward um, and start exploring. I would do at least the first step of going through and knowing where you're starting, because that's always the first part I would walk through somebody anyway, is get your credit card statements out, or at least look at them online and start making a list of what you owe, who you owe it to, when the minimum due date is, and um, the AP, the the percentage rate, the APR, and you know what the balance is, so that you're aware of what credit you have available and what you owe. Uh, and then, yeah, I will also share a link to a debt repayment schedule. It's a free. Um, calculator online, Megan will put it in the show notes and you can play around with that for a little bit. Uh, and then again, if it's not me, if I don't resonate with you, I, I that's all right. That's I'm why there, <laughs> that's why there is uh, credit counseling and debtors anonymous. You can reach out to those organizations as well and get somebody who can help support you through that. But yeah, a lot of the time we need to reach out. I, I had to work with a couple money coaches to get to the level where I'm at today. I had to have a third party person help me work through um, the subconscious beliefs I had around debt and money, and also to help me, you know, hold my hand while I made these changes. Cause some it's, you know, it, it's changing a lot of how we were raised. It's changing our, our, our habits. And so sometimes you need a coach that's gonna like help you out with that a little bit. And you know, you're, I'm going to say right now, you are going to stumble yeah, and be okay with that because that was a learning spot for you. And so pick yourself back up, go back, do this, the basics and start again, because you can be debt free if you're willing to really make that shift. And to that point also, I think that it's important that people realize that it in a way, or I guess definitively, it's an addiction. And so like, of course, you're going to stumble. It's fine. Everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is addiction. Uh, one story I'll share, Megan, is that yeah. my money coach uh, at the time said, I'd like you to take your credit card and freeze it. <laughs> Put it in the freezer, which is, a, is one of the tips. Mm -hmm. And I had this immediate panic attack. 
because I was so addicted. You mean I can't have it in my card? I can't have it as in case of emergencies. I can't do anything. I it felt like I was gonna. She was asking me to cut off my right arm, mm-hmm. and I had to really look at that addiction piece of it, and I had to like figure out a new way. To I knew then I had to find a new way to enjoy money and really look at my connection to how I was using debt and why it was so important in my life. And now that I have, now that I understand it, now that I can, I can use it differently, but I had to really look at those underlying reasons. And a lot of it was that I grew up in a family where uh, it was paycheck to paycheck. You couldn't afford anything. And so part of being in adulthood was that I can afford things now and debt allowed me to do that. But I really had this weird codependency, like, when my um, home equity line credit got, um, what's the right word, closed. <laughs> when we refinanced our house and we were upside down in value, I was, I, I freaked out. I'm like, we, have, we don't have access to that. And it's like, it wasn't our money anyway. Why are you freaking out about not having access to it? These are things that shows that you have a codependency with debt. And would you like to change that? <laughs> Uh, yeah. You saying that reminded me of uh, six years ago, seven years ago, right before we moved into our house. um, I had about like 15,000 in debt that needed to go. It was credit cards and things. And I talked with my husband about it and he said, you know, look, I'm not going to tell you, you can't do this again, but I'd really prefer that you don't do this again if we if possible and i had a panic attack i was sitting on the couch just like talking to him and just i couldn't stop talking because i felt like there was something big happening and like i was compelled and i felt like oh my god something there's something wrong here with the way that i am handling this situation yeah and we are often drawn to partners that have an opposite feeling about debt my husband mm-hmm doesn't like debt at all. And as the finance manager of the household, I have to balance that between his dislike for all things debt and my entrepreneurship of risk. And I have to figure out how to manage both. And so a lot of times that's why we often hide the debt. Yeah. If we have somebody so strong in our in our lives that are is anti-debt. And so finding that happy ground. For me, I had to put enough into my savings so that if debt did creep up, I would have that to pay it down. And so that's the big rule. I can use debt now, but it has to be paid off every month somehow. Somehow I have to figure out how to pay it off every month. So that often if I have to go without or if I have to adjust my savings, um, that's what happens. That's the rule. So interesting that you and I both have married people that are just so... Like there is no debt that just does not happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something you, you usually don't talk about before you get into a serious relationship. And it's something we need to have more conversations around money, how we use it. Um, what, what our ideas around it are, uh, how we want to use it to influence the world around us. And as long as we keep it in the closet, and it's only something we talk about with our own ego or our in our in our brains. Uh, we won't ever heal our relationship with it. We have to have talk about it with more people. That's so true. And just another thing for those out there that might be thinking about, you know, how is this relating to me? 
if you are in the closet about debt, think about the ways that it is manifesting itself in your life. Like I know when I was in debt with that 15,000 that I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep without noise because my brain would just keep going because I was just like this problem that has to get solved. And I was suffering in silence by myself, you know? And so make sure that my recommendation is just make sure that you're taking care of yourself while you're doing this, because just because you're keeping quiet about it doesn't mean that um, there aren't murmurs under the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah there is. Yeah. And, and, when, and when we're so concerned about debt and we're constantly thinking about it, that's how come we draw more debt towards us because we're thinking mm -hmm. of all the lack in our life. Or, and, and we're so struggling with it that we'll see, we'll be, we'll be more in tune to seeing more lack in our life. And so that's why this is a healing process of like getting to know our debt, getting to be forgiving ourselves and looking at, okay, no new debt. So we're going to stop this behavior and then figure out a plan that we're going to heal it and pay it off as we go. Because if we can see the more abundance around us, then we're able to to have that more oh this debt can be paid off over time or we can find a way to reduce this debt um but it's it's our constant thinking of the lack that will keep us stuck or at well, least we, we talked about moneyactiontips.com but uh what are the other ways that people can get can get a hold of you sure i'm uh playing over on instagram connie.vanderzanden or uh, my website profitwithconnie.com and is there anything else that you want to make sure people know about before we go? I, I, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. I just, I, I, I'm, when I first started with debt, it was really shame and guilt and a lot of heaviness. And I didn't get here overnight. This is a, like a five year progress to be able to stand here and, or sit here and talk to you very openly about my journey and I know that this is my purpose. And so you, this can happen if you're willing to really choose a different relationship. And I, everyone can. And everyone might just need, some people might need a little help. Some people might just need a little bit of tool. Um, but it can be possible. So I believe that you can do it. Perfect. Perfect way to end it. Thank you so much, Connie. Thanks, Megan. Hey guys, one more thing before you go, could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode? It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review, I would really appreciate it.